welcome to a new season of To Homer and Back, the official podcast of streakingthelawn.com. We're excited to start a new season with the new football season uh, coming up. My name's Pierce. I've got some esteemed veteran podcast colleagues with me. Caroline, how's it going? Hey. Good. Hey. What's going on? Oh, <laughs> you know, just reading about fantasy football and getting ready for this weekend's <laughs> co- collegiate season. Paul, how are you? Oh my God, good to be back. Yeah, g- glad to have you both with me. Uh, we're going to talk about the upcoming season for the Hoos. Um, certainly a lot about the first game, but we've got a lot to talk about, I would say. It's been a while since we've uh, gotten together and thrown around our thoughts and dreams and ideas. We have a new coach. Uh, we have a new quarterback. We have new <laughs> uniforms. Wait, what? <laughs> we have diamonds in the end zones again. I'm a big Caroline yes. just woke up from a three-month nap. None of this is <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> you should this is all new to me. <laughs> a blog where you can catch up on all this news. It's called streakingalot.com. Um, but, Sounds uh, yeah. fantastic. Yeah, why don't we get right into it. On, on a scale of Qdoba to Coldstone, with Qdoba being an obvious zero and Coldstone <laughs> being a 10 out of 10, how excited are you for the new season of Virginia football, Caroline? Oh, man. I'm going to put it at, like, a Bodo's 8. Um, <laughs> okay. pretty pretty excited about it. Uh, it's just exciting to see... It's a new feel, and I think everyone can agree on that at least. Like whether or not you are super stoked about Bronco coming in, or if you, however you feel about the uniforms or getting rid of Ventures of Cabman, which you know, whatever, fine, okay, cool. Um, <laughs> but I just think there's a great vibe around the team right now, and so when you look at social media, which they have been so good at, um, it's hard not to get excited because you see, most importantly, the players are buying in to what Coach Mendenhall and the staff are trying to bring to UVA, which is a winning culture. Like, they're starting from the bottom, and their goal is to win. And I am fully supportive of that goal. Awesome. Paul? Uh, I am a heart attack-inducing double scoop of Coldstone. Uh, <laughs> like this is the, like mark your calendars. Today is the day that Paul is more excited for something that is about to happen in Virginia sports than Caroline Darney. Um, <laughs> that has not happened in God knows how long. It's um, very true. Uh, but this is you. If you were drawing up. If you just ask me for a list, Paul, what are all of the things that you want to hear a new coach say, see a new coach do, both in terms of programmatic, culture building, team building, um, sort of philosophical things, and then practical, what does the offense look like? What does the defense look like? What does the strength and conditioning program look like? I would not have been able to draw something that made me as happy as everything I've seen for the last nine months. Um, to be so, fair, when they said air raid, Paul just lost his mind. So yeah, I need. I, like I woke up in like a cold sweat. It was it was um, <laughs> graphic. <laughs> no, I, I know what you mean. I, I think you, that's well said. Uh, I am also excited. I'll go with an eight. I'll let you have your uh, your your ten out of ten. Um, I, I, for the reasons you just said, I, I totally agree. I think it, it seems like a great fit. It seems like the perfect approach uh, to rebuilding. Uh, I think there's there's always been a lot of talent uh, in recent years, and so 
there's definitely a lot of things for fans to be excited about and it, it does feel like a fresh start it feels like they're doing everything right to to get people to to come back to pay attention uh and to be excited and yeah i mean i've been looking forward to this saturday for for weeks or months really and I can't tell you that that's been a, a recent, like, uh, level of excitement <laughs> yeah. for, for season openers. Yeah, like, obviously, I always care. I always watch. I'm always looking forward to it. And, you know, we're always undefeated in the off season. But it does seem like there's certainly new energy to uh, to the start of the season, for sure. Um, why don't you guys share a little bit uh, more, maybe more in depth, about your impressions of the new staff? Um, I think we're all obviously optimistic uh, when Bronco was hired. And I think everybody had a favorable view of the hire, but now that we've seen how he's approached uh, the, the summer and, and you know, the practices and, and naming a new quarterback, et cetera, what, what are your overall impressions? And uh, Paul, why don't you go ahead and start? Yeah. I've seen to think that there, there are three basic kinds of head coaches. You've got the general manager, CEO type head coach, the sort of prototype being Mac Brown at Texas that isn't necessarily renowned as an X's and O's guy surrounds himself with good people um, delegates and sort of is just the face of the program. Uh, almost, almost sort of a, a figurehead. You've got the X's and O's guys um, of whom, you know, Nick Saban would probably be the, the, the example, the most hands-on with one side of the ball that they are, developing a particular set of strategies for a particular strategic way to approach game day. Every, 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 you know, every down of every game is, is something that they focus on. And then you've got sort of the recruiter and emotional guy that knows how to play to a team's um, the, the, the wants and strengths of individuals. Mm-hmm. Virginia has had at different times one of those three that Al Gro was unfortunately the first kind. Mike London was unfortunately the last kind. And um, I'm not really sure who would be the sort of the X's and O's coach. Um, but for me, Mindenhall is the best of each of those three. Uh, and that's not something I knew before he came to us from BYU, but listening to how he's approached each of the things as the sort of the CEO organizational type, he has seen – the step-by-step, we need to make this apparently inconsequential thing perfect. Um, I need to delegate, not for the sake of delegation, but for work, you know, efficiency of work and getting buy-in from all of my coaches. At the same time, he, this is somebody that developed, basically created the three-three-five defense with Rocky Long at, at San Diego State. Like this is this is what he is bringing the, the, the odd man fronts, the exotic blitz packages, mm-hmm. that's his X's and O's development. And then from the emotional motivator side, things like the, the, the new uniforms with the numbers on the helmet, the number ceremony last mm-hmm. week, just making, he is motivating by making it clear what the expectations are and what it's going to take for guys to reach that. And blending all three of those talents, that's hard. Um, And that is rare. Uh, And I've been absolutely blown away by the strength in such disparate areas that I've seen from him so far. Well said. Well, 
Yeah, Paul's answer was really good. I'm going to try and follow that. Um, <laughs> no, I 100% agree with what Paul's saying. What I really like about the staff that he has surrounded himself with um, is the way that they're doing Like, exactly what Paul's saying. Like, I really, really, really like the you do it right or you do it again uh, mentality. And that's something that I think a lot of Virginia fans can get on board with when you look at games in the past that were lost under Mike London for things like, I don't know, 12 men on the field or Kali get off the field or <clears throat> interceptions with very small, you know, short amount of time left in that Carolina game. Like the little things like the mistakes, um, the false starts, like that seems to be the thing that the, the practice and earning your right to even practice where you have to pass all these pre tests, if you will, Mm -hmm. uh, earning the numbers. Like these kids now know like everything that they get to do is, um, they earned it and it's not a right. It's something that they've, they've worked hard towards even something as simple as the number, which before I've read a lot on Twitter the last couple of days since the number ceremony where that actually really meant a lot to the guys where it's like, they're so excited about, what number they chose and like, you know, what they get to do. And no one was upset when they didn't get the, if someone sniped number one, you know, no one was like, Oh man, like holding it against them. They're not trying to trade numbers behind people's backs. Like it didn't work like that. And I love seeing that. And I really, really like Frank Wintrick has stood out the strength and conditioning guy. I love the videos. Yes. Um, I love that they brought diamond Dallas page in. Cause I think that's something that <laughs> they realized the guys were really into. Um, so it shows that they're listening to the team. Um, and bringing in things that they're interested in and also supporting that and making, making those extra steps to, to I mean, when, the, when he came in the room and the guys lost their mind, like it was just so exciting to see them get so amped over something. Um, and I think a huge piece that often I overlook and so maybe other people do too, I don't know, is the um, benefit of having someone like Ruffin on the coach, coach Ruff on the coaching mm-hmm. staff. Sure. Um, from hearing the stories about him and he just seems like like i'd love to just shake his hand and meet him and say hey because he just seems like a good dude and if you keep having like these guys that will support the players and you see the pictures of the quarterbacks benkert and johns and brewer going to coach beck's house for his daughter's fourth birthday party like it's not just them saying the stuff they're actually doing it like it's obviously getting through to the guys because they want to go to a fourth for four-year-old's birthday party. You know what I mean? It's just like, I've really enjoyed seeing that part of the team. And I think that's something that maybe it's because this group's better with social media and that might be the only difference, but I think that they're really doing something different with these guys. And I can't wait to see it transit on the field because their attitudes are so much more improved. Yeah. I think when you talk about wanting to combine what you want in a coach and how a lot of different coaches excel in one part and not another, and certainly you can make up for that in, in assistant coaches and whatnot. I think approaching it almost from the excitement level of a hire, you know, correlates to it. Like what, what really excites you in a hire is going to be that young guy who's going to be a good recruiter and has a lot of potential and bringing a lot of energy. Uh, maybe what doesn't excite you in that hire is sort of the X's and O's, uh, whether it be an established guy or a guy just known for running things in a very um, business-like or workman-like type of uh, non-flashy way. I think it's a good combination that we see in 
the reaction to Broncos hire, uh, the perception of Bronco as a coach is a good mix of the both. And that ties into him being a mix of a good recruiter, a guy who's connecting with the players, but somebody who's also going to go in a very purposeful way and not make any rash decisions, do, do things, uh, you know, his way, a planned out process that he has by his design. And I think that's what we've seen over the summer. Uh, it's funny to hear from, from the players or, you know, you, you ask people who, who know guys on the team, you know, oh, are, they, are they having a good summer? How's it going? They always say, oh, I mean, they, they worked hard before, but they're just, all they ever say is this is on a different level of work, of the work that they're yeah. putting in. This yeah. year. That's cool to hear for sure. I think it speaks to that purposeful, like everything you guys were saying about uh, how much work they're putting in, how much effort they're putting in, and, and what they do, what they ask of those players. I will say, uh, to be 100% honest, like the numbers thing and just like the little the things here and there that, that I totally approve of and I totally love that the team seems to love it and, and I've, I'm all about Bronco doing exactly what he wants. But were another team's coach, particularly like a rival coach doing this type of stuff, I would be just dogging on it at every opportunity. Uh, yeah. I would be so skeptical. <laughs> it's so, you know, it just strikes me as a goober. And like, like when it's your goober, I, you know, that's great. But I, I think it opens <laughs> a lot of doors to like, you know, ridicule or more just teasing, you know, or whatever. Because there is a lot of stuff that just sort of makes me chuckle. Like, okay. And and again, like, I'm, you know, I'm no input. And, and I, I just want to see them win football games if they're happy about it they're my team and so i support whatever makes them happy and whatnot but i can definitely take a step back and see a lot of these things with like a little bit of, of skepticism to it but good name yeah, I'm, I'm used to that I'm a, I'm a houston texans fan so i get jj watt oh god if see, jj watt JJ played watt. for any other team i would hate him exactly but he's he's, no, our he's the best he is Whatever. the best. He's, oh my god, I love him. He's <laughs> our goober. JJ, call me. <laughs> yeah, I know uh, what you mean, though, Paul. Like, there's always going to be that type of feel. Like, when it's your guy, you're going to embrace the gooberness. I think that's the best way to put it. Is, is is Bronco and his staff? I mean, look at their their Twitter, their tweets, and their you know, they're like jumping around and making the the goofy V double saver hand signals. But yeah, I mean if. The, the kids like it. The recruits oh, like it. Oh, I love it. I know. I, know I love it. Love it. Well, I'm mean, so into it. Well, let's, let's, take a, let's take a step back. I mean, Tony Bennett is kind exactly. of a goober in a different way. He's not absolutely the exuberant, outgoing goober. Yeah. But yeah, the way, the way that that guy can talk about the six different ways he's going to shut down a you know a pick and roll like that's <laughs> he gets fired up just in ways that we don't necessarily he's, he I, I think he's much more private mm-hmm. uh even even though mendenhall all of the reporting is that he's a fairly private person he is a bit more willing to have this sort of gooberish outgoing he's definitely put himself yeah. out there yeah right and where you know bennett is is a little bit more deflective um, that when somebody starts to talk about him and what makes him tick, he mm-hmm. sort of always deflects it back to the team. But let's be honest. Anybody who is going to UVA is a little bit of a nerd. None, like, no, <laughs> there is, there is not an alum of UVA who wasn't a little bit of the weird kid in high school because that's, that's what the academic standards attract. So 
I think, you know, it's all about finding fit between a coach and a program in a university. It's why Mike Leach has been good the places he's been that, you know, Texas Tech and Washington State, these kind of uh, looked down on places that he's able to sort of rally, get, get the people to rally around. Look, I'm weird, but embrace the weird and you get results. I, we've, we've done that with the basketball team. And I think doing it for what sort of Bronco brings to the table, we're, I think lined up to see very positive results. Mm -hmm. And I think that it's, um, that's really funny. You mentioned, um, Tony Bennett. Cause I was going to think, I was going to say, well, yeah, the nerd in Tony Bennett that I loved is when they played the softball game and he was trying to figure out ways to like make that more defensive by like, <laughs> like he thought with the, you know, different bats, they'd have more of a defensive game on their hand. But anyway, <laughs> but I think one of the biggest things that people need to cage before the season starts as fans is that, we, I know I have compared this hire to Tony Bennett, and I think that's a dangerous thing to do just right off the bat because of where we all hold Tony right now. Um, and so the idea of it being like an off-the-radar hire where they've got this high-caliber, cali- you know, high-character high guy, mm-hmm. um, just like – just. Yeah, it's his first year. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. yeah. If, we, if we hold him in the same, you know? same light that we held Tony – you know, five years ago, like hold him in yeah. the same sort of expectations exactly. of this program was pretty much broken down. Mm-hmm. I see what this you is the long term. Right? Exactly, exactly. I'm not exactly. expecting. Yeah. I'm not expecting us to be in the college football playoff this year, but next six, year, hundred yeah, yeah. no, yeah, percent, absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, okay. If that happens, uh, <laughs> certainly a lot of that will have to do with our next topic, uh, which is Kurt Benkert. Name is basically was promised. It's like a slant palindrome, um, <laughs> which I love. Speaking of nerds, uh, right? <laughs> I would hope that maybe his middle name is also Benkert, um, so that he could be Kurt Benkert, Benkert. But Bob Law's Law Blog. I don't know. Um, anyway, <laughs> I, what are your impressions with the new quarterback? Obviously, is a cannon for an arm. Uh, I like how they were. T- the recent reports have been like, yeah, he's mobile, but he's definitely not, um, you know, as mobile as some of those BYU guys were. Like, he's not Taysom Hill. He's not trying to 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 run out of the pocket when he doesn't need to. Um, but I'm excited for him. What what are your uh, what are your impressions? Um, um, I was gonna say. Oh, sorry. But, no, no. Um, I'm excited. I will admit I was Team Johns to start because I like a little bit of the um, – I, I like the – he's the senior, and honestly, I wasn't all that mad at him last year. I thought he had a bad offensive coordinator and or, you know, didn't necessarily get the calls that would help at the right times. So I'm going to be political and nice about it. Um, but I think that his reaction to Kurt Benkert being – why do I say his whole name? Um, because <laughs> it's fun. <laughs> It's fun. Curdy McCurt's a lot being selected as the quarter as QB one. Um, I think his reaction is a huge part of how successful this team is going to be. And I know that sounds cheesy again. That's my role, mm-hmm. but um, I'm excited about Kurt. I think like we talked about the air raid and the big arm, like the video of him, like throwing a football through a basketball hoop, like a hundred yards away and on his knees, whatever. It's great. I'm excited about that. And I'm excited about, being aggressive on offense for the first time in probably a while. Um, I like that his extra mobility, quote unquote, 
um, should help alleviate some of our offensive line depth issues. But I think that Matt Johns' attitude around the whole situation um, will be a huge benefit to this team in the long run because there hasn't been – he's looked at as the leader in that, in that locker room, and he did not miss a beat. He kept that you know, head in the air. He's the guy. He's there for everybody. He's there ready to help. Kurt Ben Kurt um, right out the gate. I think that's going to be huge because I think Kurt's going to do a great job. Cool. Yeah, the, uh, Coach Tuje, the uh, I think it was last week, maybe it was a couple days ago, tweeted the like a hype video that somebody did about Taysom Hill uh, for this upcoming season, and it included highlights from his when he's been healthy for the last couple of years. Watching that video, Bankert is not Taysom Hill, right? Because like Christian McCaffrey is barely Taysom Hill. Like he is <laughs> a very different kind of athlete. Right. Um, and just from just the very brief clips that we've been able to see for practice so far and from say, you know, watching banker highlight videos and, and uh, the spring game at ECU the last couple of years, he, he doesn't have anywhere near that kind of mobility. I think he is more mobile than Matt Johns and gives, you don't, you don't need to have, a, basically a running back with an arm to still run an effective read option, but doing, I, I really do think we're going to see something more similar to um, what they ran, what BYU ran last year. Once Tanner Mangum took over um, pulling more on those air raid routes than the spread to run um, yeah. that yep. had, that had been sort of the early Bronco uh, offense. Yep. Um, so given that the, the two things you have to do in an air raid offense to have, be effective are not throw interceptions and be able to throw it deep. Um, it makes sense why Matt Johns isn't going to be the starting quarterback. Um, yes, he, he has been a fantastic leader for this team for the last several years. Um, but he led the NCAA in interceptions last year. And that is not entirely his fault as Caroline sure. just said, but <laughs> frequently points out. Yeah. Uh, it, it is what it is. Uh, so, and, and if nothing else, the ability to stretch the field uh, and use some speed uh, to, to, to hit receivers going deep, that's something that Bankert has at least better than Johns has. So I'm, I am excited to see not just how Bankert does, but also what offense they choose to use with his strengths. Yeah, the guy obviously makes throws that the other guys on the roster can't do. I, you know, from everything we've seen and watched, that it, it's a pretty clear-cut case on on him being the starter. And I think they went about it the right way in terms of uh, any sort of uh, you know political niceties towards Johns. But obviously, this isn't the staff that really would care about that that much. And I think Johns earned uh, getting all those you know, snaps with the ones and making sure that, that he got a fair shake towards being the guy. Um, but in the, at the end of the day, it looks like Benker's just got the tools to be at another level. And so hopefully we'll see them utilize those tools uh, soon, sooner than later. Although he hasn't played. I, you know, it was funny to hear uh, in his uh, media uh, talk right after it got announced, they asked him, what's the last game you've started? 
He was like, well, I guess it would have been our last game in high school. We yeah. got crushed. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and I, he yeah, laughed I about it. That media day. Yeah, he seems like a, a social enough guy, um, which, uh, you know, is neither here nor there. But, yeah, I mean, I, I'm, I'm excited to see him play for sure um, and, and hopefully for a couple more years. You know, what's funny is when you sort of read between the lines, I think there's been some rumbling that if they announced a backup, uh, it would be Brewer and not Johns. Uh, which is certainly surprising, having seen them both play. Um, I, you know, I'm more comfortable with Johns, but obviously it's a new offense. Brewer's got some tools for sure. Maybe he's made some uh, significant growth, but I'm I'm just skeptical. Let's say like you know it's game uh, five against Duke. I was I was having this exact hypothetical with uh, Ranstracker the other day, but it's game five at Duke. The Hoos are down four. And and Banker twists his ankle and he's done. And it's the fourth quarter. We have the ball on a, a last, you know, five minute drive. Is is Brewer really the guy who's coming off the bench there? And no, if you, you announce if you announce that he's the backup, uh, yeah, I think you got to throw him in. I mean, you wouldn't announce it otherwise if you didn't want him to be that guy in that situation. But I mean, obviously, I think all three of us are going. No, we want Matt Johns. And correct me if I'm wrong. <laughs> no, I mean, seriously. I want Matt Johns. I want Matt Johns right. in that situation. I think that his experience with the team and his leadership abilities and uh, and they listed him as an or. It's a brewer or. Yeah, or yeah it's the beauty I think of that's why I, I think that's a political or a nice thing. I, but, you know, that's just my opinion reading through the lines there. Yeah. I mean, if I they mean, get, if they get to like. Backup yeah. thing with UCLA. Yeah. Yeah. But if they get like if they get to like the forty five and there's one last throw to win the game, put Connor Brewer in. <laughs> <laughs> give, give it to Oz instead of instead of the wounded moose that lands the fifteen. Like let's get the ball hands. No, I mean you just call the annexation of Puerto Rico. Oh yeah, the, the quarterback. Is. Absolutely. Well, speaking of uh, the Duke game, let's let's get some quick thoughts on the schedule. Uh, obviously, the Oregon is the daunting out of conference. We've got Richmond, Connecticut, and Central Michigan as other uh, out of conferences, all winnable games. And then they've ended with eight straight ACC games. Uh, some look winnable, but really none of them looks like a gimme. I guess you could go with at Wake Forest looks like the easiest game on the schedule, but it's an away game, and UVA hasn't won an away game since 2012. So oh, no stretch of the imagination would I put that as a gimme. Um, so what do you think for the schedule? I mean, does it look you know hard, easy? Uh, we, we can talk about our predictions down the road as a whole, but give me some quick impressions on the schedule. It's weird. Like we have, having, <laughs> having three home games in a row in October and then only one for the rest of the season. Like it's just, it, yeah, there's, I don't know. That was, that was the first thing that struck me when I look at it. I was like, why the hell are we at home for so long? And then on the road for so long. But um, that's not, the other thing is I, I don't think we will know, where this team really is until the morning after the UConn game. Um, sure. That all, you know, yes, Richmond is a very good FCS team. They're ranked number four in the FCS. They made it to the semifinals last year. Um, we sh- hopefully will take care of business on Saturday. And frankly, going to Oregon, we won't know anything about this team if we all get the result that we expect from the Oregon game. Mm-hmm. Um, Speak for yourself. <laughs> Fair enough. Right. That, I, I really do think that UConn game, both in terms of 
getting getting another out of conference win that puts us in a position to go bowling. Um, but also that's a, a fairly looks like a fairly even matchup from sort of preseason uh, and will tell us be, be the best barometer for, are they ahead of schedule behind schedule Were things worse than we thought before. Sure. the Darns, what are your thoughts? Um, agreed. I do think it's weird with the chunks of home and away. Uh, not a fan. Um, but, uh, also agree with the UConn game being a big barometer and also a huge swing game when it comes to, uh, possible bowl game situations. Sure. Um, I think looking at our ACC schedule, it's a little bit more manageable than the last couple of years. Our schedule in general is a lot more manageable than a couple, uh, the last couple of years. I like having the Carolina, Louisville, Miami all at home, um, those will be probably the three toughest games in my, my opinion with ACC games. So it's nice to have them at home. And I think we should be able to steal one of those. I'm not going to pick which one just yet, but um, I don't know. But then I look at it and each game looks like, Oh, I don't know. I don't know. (laughs) Uh, I think the Duke situation with Cirque, I feel really bad for him um, tearing his or injuring his Achilles again out for another season. Their quarterback plays for Duke. It's true. I know. Um, (laughs) But definitely don't feel bad about the kids in Miami. that got (laughs) kicked off the team um, for breaking rules. Two starters on defense. (laughs) Their defense is is looking a little weak. Um, So, I think that becomes a lot more manageable of a game, especially being at home and for the random reason that I know it's not Al Golden anymore, but it was the only team we were able to beat in the ACC. So, <laughs> yeah. I don't know. Georgia Tech struggled last year, and I keep forgetting. I keep panicking about the triple option, but then I remember we don't have Mike London anymore uh, or Al Grow. And <laughs> well, he, he beat Georgia Tech a couple of times, including last year. Yeah, but that's true. I know what you uh, mean. But I feel he like also we got blown out more than we exceeded. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Yeah. I, um, I'll tell you what. I don't yeah. like the fact that we're playing them right before playing the Hokies. I hate yeah. that. That's my least favorite thing on the schedule. At least they're playing Notre Dame now. Yeah, but playing Georgia Tech, you're preparing for that stupid, gimmicky, bullshit option offense. All week. <laughs> you know, now we got to put be, the explicit E after our podcast. Got <laughs> it. Uh, I, I just hate option teams. Yeah, I, I hear that. Yeah. Anyway, um, it, you know, it just it just throws another wrench into the lead up to that. I don't. We never play well, as far as I know. After I don't think any team plays well after they play Tech, uh, Georgia Tech. That is so. I don't know. I don't like it, but who knows what, what, how good the Hokies are going to be. Uh, they've got a new coach, too, as we all know. So Let's move on to uh, <laughs> our next topic. Our next topic is I'm really excited to, to throw out there. It's a new segment for your <laughs> podcast. It's called Defend Yourself. I'm terrified. We need theme music. We need Defend yeah. Yourself, yeah, we'll work on that, is where I attack you. <laughs> defend Yourself. Um, and this week's Defend Yourself is about our power rankings, uh, which I've got in front of me here that you all and I also submitted uh, to ranking the ACC teams. And I'm going to throw my first attack at Paul. Paul, you have Virginia sitting at seventh in the ACC, which is notably four spots higher than where Caroline has them. I told you. And two I told spots you. higher than Virginia Tech, a team 
we haven't beat since my first year of college, which was a long, long time ago. (laughs) Paul, defend yourself. I'm I'm drinking the Kool Aid. I don't care. I, that's like I told Will has already run run me through the ringer for this. As soon as I submit him, he goes, "What the hell is wrong with you?" <laughs> uh, normally, I'm I'm the numbers guy. My picks usually pretty much track you know some sort of analytics, whether it's S and P or F plus, whatever. Um, I told it like that is for down the road at this point. That I am I am riding high on what I've seen. Um, I think there is a chance for some things to break our way uh, based on um, – actually, I, I think the schedule potentially could play in our favor. The, the, the Cirque injury I've, – I've, I've said to folks from the beginning of the year that getting to three and one in conference isn't just big for bowl eligibility. It's is there early season proof that what the coaches have been saying is working? Mm-hmm. Yeah. That that if they start one and three, it's like, God, do we do all that crap in the offseason for nothing? Yeah. Um, if they're three and one and then all of a sudden they go to Duke and it's their first conference game when ACC game, especially ACC road games have been terrible for them. Duke is coming off consecutive road trips to Northwestern and Notre Dame, um, starting a freshman quarterback. Could, you know, if, if all of a sudden they're three and one out of conference and win that Duke game, is it off to the races? Um, now, I mean, Carolina and Louisville are both really, really good teams. Pitt is a very solid team that is on the rise. Um, yeah, but I just, I, I don't know. I'm feeling it. I, I, I'm going to get, I'm going to be crushed. I know it because I can't have nice things. Um, guys that growing up the son of a Bills and an Orioles fan, like I should know that by now. Um, but it's, I'm, I'm drinking the Kool-Aid. All right. Well, Caroline, your power rankings make uh, more sense to me. Uh, I would ask, would you drop Duke down a little bit since uh, the quarterback injury, or would you keep them? You've got them as seventh ahead of Virginia Tech, Virginia in the Coastal, and ahead of uh, some garbage Atlantic teams. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, I would drop them. Um, Like Paul said, I mean, having them start a freshman quarterback and – yeah, it was Cirque was just such a big returning piece, I think, for them, and not only with skill but experience. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think losing that, I mean, we know how it goes. Like, you lose a guy like that, and that just hurts. Um, yeah. But, yeah, I, I would definitely drop him. Gotcha. Uh, I thought about putting Virginia higher. I, I really did. Um, but I, I chickened out. I should have channeled my inner Paul and gone with my heart. <laughs> Um, well, don't worry, I've got something to attack you about, uh, which oh, is oh, your defense okay. of the Cavman intro videos. <laughs> yeah. uh, you've been defending okay. it all week, especially since uh, it basically, I think it got confirmed, confirmed, but at least uh, people seem to think that they're done with um, no more cartoons to open our football games. Uh, you, you were upset by that news. Uh, that is an absurd opinion. Defend yourself. <laughs> All right. Yes. Yeah, so I am a little, I'm disappointed. I will miss it. It's the nostalgia factor for me. I do think in the last couple seasons specifically, it's gotten kind of, I, I see where it's cheesy, whatever. Fine. Um, I, I would have loved that they revamped it or like changed it a little bit where I really enjoyed back in the day where when it got down to the point where Catman had the opponent on the ground or stuck or whatever, and he'd look to the side wherever and you had Tiki Barber there doing the gladiator thumbs up, thumbs down move. <laughs> oh, those were the best. And it would really get 
I think a huge part of when it loses its luster is when there's nobody in the stands cheering for it. So when you have a yeah, whole yeah. student section that's there early and they're stoked and you skewer the Hokie or you get after the duck from Oregon or whatever, it, it, there's just something really like cheesy and childish, but exciting about it that you're like, yeah. And just the coordination of the horse running out and, um, when the, when, you know, when Cavman gets bucked off the horse, that also diminishes, um, <laughs> the whole situation. Uh, but, you know, it's a one-time thing, Virginia Tech, okay? <laughs> Quit bringing it up. Um, but yeah, and I, I get it, but I'll just kind of miss it. But I'm you sure whatever. they just does. make fun of us for our bad football team, but it's <laughs> on the mascot. The no. football team's not bad anymore. We're good. Well, yeah, you adequately so. defended yourself there, both. Okay, thank so, you. Well done. Um, let's go some rapid fire, quick take opinions on a few more topics before we close up shop for the evening. Uh, new uniforms, uh, thumbs up, thumbs down. Is it silly that there are helmets that we only wore once uh, under the Michael London era that we're never going to wear again? <laughs> uh, you know, is it is it necessary? Uh, are you fully in support of it, Paul? Uh, yes, thumbs up. Um, I, it is taking me a little while to get used to the numbers, but hearing how big a deal it is, the numbers on the helmet, mm-hmm. hearing how big a deal it is to the guys to have gotten their numbers this week, um, the the intentionality behind Bronco saying, put you know this num- these numbers are going to be close to their heart. That the the existence or non-existence of the numbers has been such a big deal to this team mm-hmm. um, that I think it really does make makes sense. I'm coming around to it. I'm glad that they're going with the quail era throwbacks for the, the primary home Jersey. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm, I'm all in. Cool. Darns. Thumbs up. Um, of the specialized helmets from last season, I would like to see the, um, the black graphite, uh, gray graphite once again. Yeah. Those are the ones I'd like to see again. I like those, but loved God, I loved the white, white with the, the chrome. Orange. Oh, they were pretty oh, cool too. God. The orange I did like all up. And they no, wore those a couple cool. times. I loved those helmets. Um, yeah, cool. I'm really sad that we probably won't see them. But thumbs up. Flashy. Girls' opinion, love them. They're fantastic. <laughs> they're slick. <laughs> they look sharp, but. They're not boring, but they're classic. I love them. Thumbs up. I will also like to point out to Bronco um, that the heart is actually in the center of your body. Uh, so Slightly, slightly left of center. No, it is not. It is in the center of your body. Um, it's just turned slightly left anyway. Um, <laughs> nerd. See, nerd. That's true. Oh, All right. We need any more rapid fire. Upset prediction for the season. So, I mean, a game that Virginia is going to win that they won't be favored in. So, Caroline? Oregon. We're going to shock oh, everyone. Oh, no one's going to see it coming. Yeah. It's going to be the – oh, there's Bennett. She agrees with me. Yeah. Um, It's going to be the no one expects it. And <laughs> okay. no, you're, you're cut off. You're cut off. <laughs> Wiley, what's, what's your more realistic upset pick? Uh, it's unfortunate that it is an upset pick, but Georgia Tech, uh, they're ranked ahead of us in any sort of, you know, rank every team in college football kind of rankings. Um, uh, the We had our most success against the triple option uh, when we were running odd man fronts under the 3-4 under Al Groh. Um Bronco has done well against those sorts of teams with his uh, odd man front defense. I think that's a yeah, we've tended to have strong alumni support in Atlanta. Um, so I would say Georgia Tech. 
All right, and I will say uh, Pitt, actually. And the reason I'm picking Pitt is is because, well, we're coming off a bye week. It's a home game. Certainly could, we could win, but I want to emphasize that I think Pitt is going to be very, very good this year. I uh, won't be surprised if Pitt wins the Coastal over UNC. Um, that wouldn't shock me whatsoever. But I do think UVA is going to beat them on the 15th, and I think that's going to be a big upset um, if that does happen. So I'm going to pick that because of the bye week. Um, and because we tend to play Pitt pretty well, um, so I think I think it's it's going to work out for the Hoos in that one. Whatever, uh, next, Oregon. Yeah, or the Oregon game too. Listen, I'm going to root for UVA, obviously. <laughs> but you know, and I'm we going to sound like a genius. We went out to LA and played uh, USC real well under yeah. Mike Lennon. You know, and yeah, yeah. I've seen seen it. Uh, as a possibility, but no. <laughs> All right, next uh, next rapid fire. You can even just use one word if you want. Are we going to make a bowl game this year, Caroline? Yes. All right, Paul. Yes. All right. I yeah. I I mean, I'm going with my heart, but I'm saying yes too. Cool. All right. Prediction prediction for the Richmond game. Um, throw out some scores. Throw out a couple guys you think are going to shine for the Who's. Make people talk about them the next day. Who who are fans going to be talking about? Uh, after the Richmond game, Paul, uh, I'm going to go 38-14. Who's uh, the new offense works under Bankert? Uh, the new defense is well calibrated to shut down uh, sort of a traditional attack uh, like Richmond brings to the table. And Andrew Brown lives in the backfield, living up to all of the uh, postseason buzz, Good preseason stuff. buzz. I mean, right, right, Darns. I'm going to go 24-7. Um. And I'm going to say that Oz has a good game and yeah. Quinn Blanding is going to come out with an interception. Nice. I'll go something like 31-21. I think it is going to be relatively close. Um, I think Richmond's probably going to have some big plays that keep them in, a, in the first half. Um, but I think the who's a win. I don't think it's going to be like nerve-wracking. Um, but it will, the, the score should be closer probably than, than the second half dominance will uh make it seem um i I love the oz pick obviously benkert uh, brown and blanding could are all hopefully gonna have big roles um so i'll go with david eldridge because i think he's gonna have a long touchdown i don't think most casual fans know exactly who he is um and i think he's gonna be a big time deep threat uh for benkert just to chuck it to all season and i think he's probably faster than some of those richmond guys so it should work out for him uh, on Saturday. So yeah, uh, unless you guys have any parting thoughts, I think that's a good place to end. And we'll, we'll, uh, we'll, we'll talk next week, see what happened in the Richmond game, get some more optimistic predictions for the Oregon game. <laughs> um, and until yeah. then, tune in games at three 30, it's on uh, ESPN three, stay tuned to streaking along for some more uh, preview and some rapid reaction uh, until next time. Go who's. iPhone XR is here at T-Mobile, and there's a whole lot to love, like taking those perfect New Year, New You portrait mode selfies you're going to share. Nice. It's the best way to stay connected to everyone you'll heart most in 2019. So get ready to fall in love with iPhone XR on T-Mobile, 
the most loved in wireless. Call 1-800-T-MOBILE to learn more or visit a store today.